0: Welcome back to The Rob Mana Show, friends. The big question today is, is China's social credit system coming to America? Politico is reporting several Republican-leaning states that that eschewed so-called vaccine passports over concerns that they limited freedom are now embracing the technology behind them so that their residents can travel and get their immunization and health records online. The technology which allows proof of a COVID-19 vaccination to be digitized and often includes a QR code, had been touted by supporters largely in Democrat-leaning states as a way to facilitate safer reopening after pandemic-related shutdowns. But now the technology is gaining momentum in at least five states, Arizona, Mississippi, South Carolina, Oklahoma, and Utah, despite bans on vaccine passports or their governors opposing them. These states see the passports, which often include a scannable black-and-white square code, a QR code, as a way to facilitate travel to places that require proof of vaccination and give residents easier access to their records through a more nimble digital format, Politico reported. The StopVax Passports Task Force, which I am part of, proudly, has warned for a year now about the dangers of digital vaccine passports. These passports are a grave danger to liberty in any free country, because they're easily transformed into a western version of the Chinese Communist Party's social credit system in just a matter of minutes, according to tech experts. Don't be fooled when these elected officials in these states tell you it's not really a vax passport. It is. It's just a digital health card, they'll tell you. But that's semantics. They know and they admit the term vaccine passport is radioactive, so they're calling it something else. Well, today, human rights activist and president of Women's Rights Without Frontiers and chair of the Stop Passports Tax Force that I'm a member of, Reggie Littlejohn, joins me this week. Reggie, welcome to the Rob Manus Show.
1: Thank you so much, Rob. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: We are proud to have you, Ed. Thank you so much. I know you are a very busy person, uh, and for my audience to get the opportunity to hear about you and what you do uh, including the Stop Vax Passports Task Force, uh, is a great opportunity for us, so we really appreciate it. Now, you're the president of Women's Rights Without Frontiers. I'll be honest, I'm a staunchly pro-life person uh, and uh, had not heard of your organization until I met you uh, through the, uh, the Committee on Present Danger China, and it's very interesting organization. I really like the work you guys do. Tell the audience about your organization.
1: Well, um, I'm an attorney, I'm a graduate of Yale Law School. And in the 90s, I represented a couple of refugees in the cases for political asylum in the United States. These were women from China and they were victims of the one child policy. And it was in the 90s that I found out that uh, basically that the Chinese Communist Party was lying to the world. They had put out that the one child policy was basically voluntary. And uh, my first client had been forcibly sterilized, meaning that she had been dragged out of her home, screaming and crying and held down to a a table and sterilized without anesthesia. And it broke her health. I mean, she had permanent disabling health issues after that. And that's when I discovered um, that the one child policy was enforced through forced abortion, forced sterilization, and even infanticide And I eventually left the practice of law and um, through a long process ended up using all of the skills that I had gained as an attorney, as an advocate, as a litigator to advocate on behalf of the women and the babies of China. So I have at this point testified, I think, nine times at the United States Congress. I have spoken at the European Parliament, the British Parliament, Irish Parliament, Canadian Parliament, many times with with officials of the Vatican, the United Nations, I've been twice to the White House. Um, and so what we're doing is we are saying um, that, that forced abortion in China and the sex left of abortion of baby girls must stop. And forced abortion is continuing even under the three child policy. Um, so especially in Xinjiang, where the Uyghurs are, we're very concerned that it, is, that it remains a policy up there.
0: Well, and, and that's, a, that's a good transition point uh, to the Uyghurs in that area. But so, so has, has your work actually had the uh, impact inside of China that you had hoped it would have? Or, or is it more helping us in the United States and the people that, that run our government to push back on China at all?
1: See, we're very unique, Rob, because we do two things. We do advocacy, and that's all the things I just told you about. Mm-hmm. Know, going and speaking in front of these government and also on television and just wonderful people like you. but we also have we're the only organization in the world that has boots on the ground inside of China that is actively saving baby girls from sex selective abortion, abandonment um, and also just grinding poverty and also abandoned widows who are people that I call the um, you know the unknown or the secret or the silent, victims of the one child policy. Um, and so we have a a network of field workers who are extremely brave people who will, who will be alerted to a woman who's being pressured to abort or abandon her baby girl, or whose girl is, is in danger because of just the the catastrophic poverty that that family is enduring. And will go and, um, and offer encouragement saying girls as, or are as good as boys, which is Um, a radical message in the Chinese countryside and then offering them $25 a month to help them keep and feed their baby girls. And we have saved hundreds of girls this way.
0: That's amazing. And uh, that's a, that's a gift from God that there are people that have that level of courage because that's tough to do in a communist country. That is really extremely difficult. it's,
1: It's truly a gift from God. And, and our field workers are committed Christians. And they um, they would love to tell people about Jesus. Uh, so a lot of these, these the mothers of these baby girls, and also mm-hmm. the abandoned widows, who will say things like, "You know, my own family abandoned me, my own government abandoned me," and yet these these Christians or people of faith from across the sea um, are 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 helping me. They're the ones who are helping me, and a lot of them are becoming Christians. And and I, last time. Um, my head field worker said that ten of them had been baptized, so that's kind of amazing. Wow!
0: Yeah, that is amazing. That's fantastic news. Uh, uh, but you mentioned the Uyghurs, and uh, and uh, as I've mentioned before, we worked together on the uh, the uh, committee on present danger China, and I worked for you on the stopbacks passports task force, uh, and the Uyghur project uh, are centered around the. Olympic Games that just ended not too long ago, I think was very successful from what I can tell. But I'm a layman when it comes to that. Uh, but I know you were heavily involved, Reggie. I think you even, even went and testified maybe uh, somewhere about this. But uh, it ended up being called the Genocide Games. What were the overall results of our project to not allow China to be able to publicize those games and get the, uh, the street cred, so to speak? uh in the international community.
1: Right. So you're right, Rob. I, I testified at the United States Congress last May, May 2021, um, in a hearing, I believe it was called uh, the Olympics in Genocide in China. Uh and at that time, May 2021, I was strongly advocating that the Olympics would be moved um, mm-hmm. or boycotted entirely. And at that time, they could have been moved. I mean, the Tokyo Games were delayed for a year. I don't see any reason that the Beijing Games couldn't have been delayed for a year because of genocide and moved to a country that is not committing active genocide Um, so unfortunately nancy pelosi opposed my my message and the message of others saying we should just do a diplomatic boycott which would mean that the games would go forward and all and 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 the athletes would be there and china would get to have their propaganda party and all that would happen is that the top officials would not you know would not attend and that's Mm -hmm. what ended up happening however um what our task force did is we shifted what we saw was inevitable or that the games are going forward in Beijing and that the sponsors you know were continuing to sponsor them because we also were pressuring the sponsors to not sponsor the Olympics. What we did is we shifted our focus on um, online and, and um, really pushed the hashtag Genocide Games and also I will not watch. So tweets that saying hashtag I will not watch the hashtag Genocide Games. We weren't the only ones who were doing this. But I believe that we were the ones that came up with the genocide game hashtag, um, and what mm-hmm. happened is that people didn't watch. I mean, really, this was the least watched Olympics in the Olympic history. And my favorite, um, my favorite uh, headline was one that said, "NBC's Olympics ratings just ski jumped straight into the toilet." <laughs> <laughs> so and I just said yes because. Yeah. What that does is it causes these sponsors to lose money, right? Yeah because NBC was and, and other sponsors were counting on there being a normal you know, amount of enthusiasm around the games and people would watch them and so then they would be able to get advertising money from the sponsors and um, generate cash. And I think that they lost a lot of money. I don't know how much, but I, I, I believe that they lost a lot of money and hopefully they will take an active stand. Um, at the International Olympics Committee that that the Games will not be, you know, hosted again by a country that's one of the worst and possibly the worst human rights violator in the world because it's bad for business. I mean, they didn't do that on moral grounds, but at least they will do it on financial grounds, hopefully.
0: Well, one of the things that's always uh, uh, made me curious about the world's, you know, the liberal democracy world's relationship with communist China is is uh, they don't seem to want to hold those people accountable like we used to hold the Soviet Union accountable. Even today, we're holding Ru- Russia accountable, and it's not even the Soviet Union uh, anymore. But people sit to the like turn the other way. What's your perspective on that? And uh, and it sounds like we may have made some inroads there with this, especially economically, with the sponsors.
1: My perspective is that. You know, when we were in the Cold War with Russia, you know Ronald Reagan mm-hmm. called them the evil Empire. We had no financial dependence on them, no right. relationship with them. And now with China, uh, we have we're deeply in bed with them. The United States is and, and mu- much of the world is it's It's really stupid. <laughs> I mean, it is. is. I'm sorry, but that's really, you know, I guess I could call it imbecilic or some moronic. I mean, it's just stupid to to be depending on people who consider us to be their enemy. Okay. For our pharmaceuticals, you know, so many of our pharmaceuticals are made in China. Some of our military components are made in China. We are so dependent on them in so many ways to say nothing of the way that our, our our big financial institutions are invested in China so that we have every financial reason to want China to, to succeed and, and be a booming economy. Uh, and then and then with respect to other countries in the world, uh, some of the, the more um, developing nations are dependent on China through something that's called the Belt and Road Initiative mm-hmm where the Chinese Communist Party will lend a very large amount of money to a a developing nation and say, well, you know, we will, we will lend you this money um, for you to build your port or to build your railroad or to build your airport. Um, But then if you look at the fine print, if the country does not pay them back, then China exerts its right under contract to take the infrastructure. Wow, and that's happened. You know, where where they will lend a developing nation money for critical infrastructure. The, the developing nation predictably is not able to pay it back, and then China mm-hmm. just seizes the infrastructure, giving themselves critical infrastructure all over the world. So it's really hard to stand up to China when you owe them however many billions of dollars if you're a developing nation or you're in, in bed the way that we are with them. Um, but it has to be done. It has to be done. So, um, so, so. I was very disappointed in much of the world, almost all the world that they didn't even do a diplomatic boycott. Okay. So the United States and a number of other countries, at least did a diplomatic boycott. It was not enough, but it was at least a public statement that we know that they're committing genocide and we object to it strenuously enough to, to, to publicly say, say our diplomats are not coming. Most of the world did not even do that. Yeah. And what that says to the Chinese Communist Party, the, the message that it sends is you can do whatever you want. You can rape people. You can torture people. You can murder people. You can separate kids from their families. You can you know, um, forcibly ha- harvest organs from prisoners of conscience. Mm-hmm. Uh can forcibly abort 400 million women you can persecute people on the basis of religion you can run the biggest surveillance state in the world you can have you know however many hundreds of thousands or millions of internet police and we don't care we're not even going to do a diplomatic boycott we're just going to send our athletes and pretend it didn't happen so my concern is that it's going to embolden them in the way that the 1936 olympics emboldened the third reich you know in launching the second world war that it's going to embolden china to, to do more of their hegemony around the world.
0: Oh, well, I think you're right. Uh, the, uh, the, the Chinese have gotten away with so much for so long, it's bec- and it's because really the United States and the West, mainly the United States, took a different approach to this communist government, uh, and we built their economy for them. We've, right. we've helped them become an economic hegemon uh, that we didn't do with the Soviet Union, because quite frankly, we spent the Soviet Union into non-existence uh, in the 1990s under the Reagan administration. That's how we brought them down, uh, without going to all-out war with them. So, so yeah, we've taken a totally different approach, and, and it seems like ah, you know, damn the communists. Uh, we just want to make money. Uh, Leave them alone, let them do, and you rattled off all of the inhumane and human rights violations that they do and get away with every single day of their existence. Uh, And it's tragic, and it's time that the United States and the West start standing up. And I think we have a good opportunity to do that, and we better do that uh, with this Russia conflict. Uh, You know, we've sanctioned Russia, but we haven't sanctioned China, and they're backing them, you know. Uh, They're going to provide an economic uh, funnel uh, back and forth to Russia uh, to get around the sanctions. We know that. Well, we ought to be sanctioning China at the same time, in my opinion, uh, and really getting a hold of isolating them from a cyber, economic, and a military perspective. Uh, And that leads me, you kind of briefly mentioned that the the social credit system, uh, the surveillance state, uh, that the Chinese have developed with the help of, of companies like Facebook, I might add. Uh, and, uh, and and why is that such a danger? Uh, uh, and, and how is it linked to the vaccine passport issue that we've talked about before?
1: Okay, so thank you for asking. You know, there, there are so many people who have been up in arms about the vaccine mandates. They don't, they, you know, they are against forcing people who don't want to be vaccinated to be vaccinated. They're opposing the, the, the forcible use of masks, um, including from people who've been vaccinated, people who are COVID recovered and who have natural immunity. I mean, I support those efforts. I oppose vaccine mandates. I oppose mask mandates, but almost nobody's talking about the vaccine passport and And I believe the vaccine passport is the end game of the mandates. So the vaccine passport is the digital, it's a a, a digital app on your phone. And it could even be a QR code that is being constructed nationally and internationally. And and they say, okay, this is an easy way for you to um, just show whether you're vaccinated or not, show what your health status is uh but the fact is that according to, to tech experts and when i say tech experts i mean naomi wolf was the first one who was was crying out about this but then also jay valentine who is um he is an extremely sophisticated person technologically so he developed the fraud detection software for ebay he developed the, the um, us no fly list so he really knows what he's talking about when he says that the digital platform on a person's phone, the vaccine passport can incorporate the same functionality as China's social credit system within a matter of minutes. We're not talking hours, days, weeks or months. We're talking about minutes. Uh, So and and I want to talk about the about the China social credit system, what what it's like. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. so in China, they have the biggest surveillance state in the world and everything is surveilled. So they have facial recognition, they have real time geolocation. So they know exactly where you are and all these are, 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 are um, centralized. They're in a centralized Mm -hmm. database, which is what the vaccine passport would provide. So they're also tracking all your social media posts, your internet search history. So if you search for something that they don't like, like Tiananmen square, uh, you will go down. You could even get internet police at your door. Um, your internet spending history, so whatever you buy, um, th- your entire medical history, your criminal history, um, where you live, where you work. Uh, in China, they they even track like what video games that you're that you're playing online. And so what wow. they do, is they, they I mean, they track everything. They have something called Xi Jinping thought. Um, which is a brainwashing program. And if you watch that program, your score will go up, you know, and you can't just watch it passively. They ask you questions at the end to make sure you understood and you really listened. And Um, some employers will force you to watch that uh, Xi Jinping thought because if you come in the next day and you didn't do it the night before, your employer will say, what's up with you? You didn't watch this Xi Jinping thought last night. and in China, also, people are, are um, encouraged to snitch on, on each other. And this started under the one child policy, where mm-hmm. um, if a woman was illegally pregnant, she could be ratted on by her, well, usually it's not her family, but her, her friends, her, her neighbors, her co-workers. They had people sitting in the villages squares and just watching women to stop women who, who looked like they were pregnant and see if they had mm-hmm. a, a birth permit. Okay, so wow. all of this stuff, okay, okay, so if you have a high score, then you can travel, you can borrow money and buy a home, your kids can go to a good school, you can have a good job. If your score lo- lowers, and the social credit score, I would say is more, could be better called a social conformity sc- score. In other words, if you conform mm-hmm. to the Chinese communist ideal, um, you can live what looks like a normal life, but you're a slave. As soon as you stop conforming, as soon as you do that internet search that they don't like, you know, like Uyghur genocide. Oh, my gosh. If somebody in China searched for that, I mean, all hell would break loose in their lives. Then it goes down and and, and they will do things like you will lose your job. You will lose the ability to travel. You will lose the ability to um, borrow money so you can't, you know, you can't buy a home. And if you continue, then the next level down is they will shut you off. From your bank account and your credit cards, like we just saw in Canada, like we just saw in Canada, okay? Yes. And and, and China is more and more a cashless society. So if you have no access to your credit cards or your bank accounts, what are you gonna do? I mean, you're gonna become a homeless person, and then anybody who helps you is going to get persecuted. So no one's gonna help you. And then if you really anger them, like if you're a true dissident, um, then you could end up being disappeared. Very quickly, because of the real-time geolocation, they, they know where everyone is at all times, and they know your entire social network. They know who you hang out with. Your network could get, you know, uh, all your friends could 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 end up um, getting detained as well if you're a bad enough person. So wow. So this can come, So so all of this can come to the United States, and see, this is the thing. So, we're, I, and this is my opinion. Okay. You know, I believe that the That's reason what we're here for, okay, OK, I mean, I hope I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I'm going to preface all of this with I hope I'm wrong. OK, what I'm about to say, mm-hmm. it, it appears to me, I hope I'm wrong, that the reason that they are loosening up on the mandates of um, vaccination and, and mask is that they that those in power know that these are are incredibly unpopular. And it's an election year. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I hope it's not gonna happen, but God forbid if another pandemic were to hit in September, October timeframe. And God forbid whether that would affect whether we can even have an election in November or the mail-in ballots, that, that all that all voting will have to be mail in, which, you know, as we have seen, could give rise to you know questionable ballots. Let's just put it that way. I, I yeah. hope I'm wrong. I hope this is not a plan like that. All right. So, mm-hmm. so so everybody so they're so they're easing up on these mandates. And so everybody's going, oh, I'm so glad i you know, I don't have I don't have to get vaccinated, I don't have to wear a mask anymore. And so people are breathing a sigh of relief because we've been under so much pressure um yeah. for so long. And so in this time when people are kind of relaxing, we're heading into spring. The vaccine passports are being quietly deployed. Exactly, okay. and uh, and 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 it's the passports that are the end game, in my opinion, of the mandates. The, the reason that they are mandating that everybody get a vaccine and trying to foment all of this fear um, and and tamping down on um, on, uh, on on number one, you know not not publicizing um vaccine injuries not publicizing early treatments okay Mm -hmm. everybody in a state of fear that oh my gosh this thing is 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 terrible but um at least we have the vaccine the vaccine is the answer and if you don't have the vaccine then you're a pariah and we need to have a vaccine passport to verify whether everybody is vaccinated so that's the end game is to get everybody into a state of mind that they will accept and actually will want a vaccine passport Um, And and so they're deploying these now when people are in a relaxed state concerning the mandates.
0: And you know, the software can be, as you mentioned, it it can be transitioned to a social credit system within a few minutes uh, because it's the same software. Uh, And when I see things like judges making January 6th defendants that were nonviolent uh stay in jail because they still think they have wrong think about the 2020 election. Uh, and I see those kinds of things and you see that you know, the pressure campaigns that happened during the height of the pandemic trying to isolate and demonize non-vaccinated people, uh, even though there were very good reasons for a lot of people not to be vaccinated, very good ones as a matter of fact. Uh, and and you see all of that, you could, and then you witness what happened with the banks in Canada against the truck the truckers who were totally peaceful. The only violence that occurred in Canada was from the police. The only violence that I mean, it just that scares the hell out of me. Doesn't it scare you? Uh,
1: yes, the, uh, yes. Yeah. So, uh, this is a precursor to what could happen in, in the United States. So the truckers were um, opposing the mandates, mm-hmm. all right? It, it, this, you know, people lose sight of what was the beginning and these truckers had to have yeah. uh, some kind of, they had to be vaccinated or they, they had to pr- prove this to go across international boundaries or it, it, had, to, it had to do with vaccine mandates um, and vaccine passports. And that was the beginning of the whole thing. And they, they, they came, they descended on Ottawa Um, and then they, and then, you know, the Canadian government came down on them in a lot of ways financially. So they froze bank accounts of, um, the truckers and also of people who had donated to the truckers. So I read, um, that there was a woman who was a minimum wage worker and she donated $50 to the, the truckers. That's a lot of money for a minimum wage worker. I'm sure that she was living paycheck to paycheck. She mm-hmm. made the sacrifice to donate fifty dollars to the truckers, and then she got her bank accounts frozen, and her credit cards frozen. So she had no access to money. You know, they don't have to shoot you. I mean, they they can just freeze your bank account and 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 freeze your um, credit cards, and, and and you are paralyzed. You're totally paralyzed. You're totally unable to function in the society.
0: Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's all you have to do is Google Chinese social credit system, folks, and you you can see what we're talking about. Uh, And it's not like these are conspiracy theories. And and Reggie, I hope you're wrong too, you know, about the final outcome uh, or the plan. Uh, But there's so much truth out there and facts out there that sure show that we're going down this road whether it's intentional or it's because we're not paying attention uh, to what our elected officials are doing and and we're just breathing that sigh of relief, and while we're doing that, they're just behind the scenes making it continue to happen. We've got to do something. We've got to act uh, from the local to the federal level and, and get this unwound, don't we?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, and this is what I want to say um, to alert people. And you said this in the beginning, but I'm, I'm going to reiterate it, okay?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They're not going to call it a vaccine passport because we and others have made that term radioactive. So right. don't, I mean, some places actually will call it a vaccine passport, but a lot of places will not call it a vaccine passport. They'll call it a, a uh, smart health card or they'll call it some kind of a um, digital certification code. I mean, yeah. they don't call a vaccine passport, and, and 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 they're passing it very quietly as, oh, this is a good way just to keep track of things, mm-hmm. um, and and people need to wake up and oppose these things, you know. I have, um, so in Maryland, we had um, a hearing this week on vaccine passports, and I created a, a um, like a ten point list of of right. talking. That anybody can use. It's going to go up on the stopvaxpassports.org website. That you know that, that mm-hmm. these points can be used to um, fight vaccine passports by whatever name in whatever state. And everybody needs to take responsibility for their state um, and and stop these things in their state. And and the other thing is, Robin, this is not just a United States thing. Okay, there's yeah. a move towards it in Europe, and of course China is. Um, pushing for for these passports, these vaccine passports to be standardized internationally so that if all this information is of ours is on these passports, it's going to be available to the Chinese Communist Party. I mean, we do not want all of our personal information to be accessed potentially by the Chinese Communist Party they 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 want to to turn the world into a surveillance state that would be it. they would love that
0: so are you talking about a global social credit system
1: i'm talking well, yes a worldwide you know, ultimately ultimately but wow. what i'm talking about now is um these vaccine passports going global and being standardized globally so that any you know for, mm. for travel and they always make it convenient it's like oh this that this way it'll make it easier for you to travel to china or it'll make it easier for you right. to travel all over the world it's always a trade off between um, convenience and mm-hmm. privacy and freedom.
0: Yeah. Don't trade your safety for security because you'll lose both. That's what I think Benjamin Franklin, I'm paraphrasing uh, something he said hundreds of years ago. And he's turned out he's right. He's right. He's right. Uh, is there. Uh, Anything besides the vaccine passport, the digitized version of that, uh, that we need to to stand up against to unwind this effort? Uh, Here in America, you know, a lot of it reminds me of the surveillance state issues remind me of the Patriot Act, uh, which I've tried to get repealed, and I know some congressmen, a few have tried to get it repealed, but they keep renewing it, and they make it stronger every time we renew it. Uh, is, is that part of this, or should we uh, address that part of this when we're talking to our federal congressman and congresswoman?
1: Well, this is something um, that I, I have just been made aware of um, in the last, I don't know couple months um, is the way that uh, after 9/11 that the Patriot Act, uh, when it was enacted, it was uh, you know, it gave very broad emergency powers to, I guess the President, um, in the case of a real emergency, like 9 11 and the various states also have emergency powers. Yeah. Um, but the problem is that. The, that the emergency is not really well-defined. Okay. Mm. And so then the states have been invoking these emergency power. Some of the states uh, have been invoking these emergency powers and taking away really, uh, important constitutional freedoms. Under this um, the EUA Emergency um, Use uh, Act, and 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 so, um, and so it, we need what we need to do is we need to get those emerg what what constitutes an emergency to be defined, um, and to make people aware of the just the tremendous powers that um, that the states have, you know, under these emergency powers. So. President Biden just recently, um, see February 16th, I, I think I'm seeing here, decided to um, continue the state of emergency for COVID uh, beyond when it was going to be, um, it was it, beyond March 1st, okay, yeah. which when it was going to expire, mm-hmm. and um, and so you know he, he just did that on his own, and so what that does is it enables him to continue to have, um, you know. These powers that and take people's freedoms away.
0: Yeah, I think it he extended it for two years. Uh, now think about this, folks. Uh, the State of the Union was just a few days ago, uh, this past week, and uh, none of them wore masks in order to get there because this thing is over. It's over, and more importantly, the people are saying we're done with this. Uh, but we've got to unwind these powers. Well, uh, so we've got to address our state legislatures and our federal legislatures to get these powers unwound and and do a reassessment of what really ought to be a power under emergency conditions, right?
1: So I, 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 I'm, I'm holding this article from um, the Liberty Daily. Uh, and it, it said the title here is depopulationist Bill Gates hints at another the next evil plan will have another pandemic and it will be a different pathogen next time. So again, I hope I'm wrong,
0: but Mm -hmm. it seems
1: to me that we had the coronavirus and under the coronavirus, we had this pandemic, we had all these emergency, you know, use um, powers that were given to the various governors and, um, and we lost our freedoms and now they are lightening up on this, but God forbid that it's, and so they're lightening up on the mandates, but then God forbid that uh, there's another pandemic with a different pathogen. And and then, you know, right, of course, in the September-October time frame, and meanwhile, these vaccine passports have been put in place, and then they clamp down on us because they've got the passports while we were just, you know, breathing a sigh of relief.
0: Yeah. Uh, I hope you're wrong, but that certainly looks like it. That's why we've got to act, you know. And I'm going to read the five... GOP states off again. Arizona, Mississippi, South Carolina, Oklahoma, and Utah are quietly trying to pass legislation to put these in place. Right now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to act, uh, and uh, we have to act decisively and stop this. Reggie, thank you very much for joining us today. Uh, What are the future plans for your organization? You got any projects on the horizon that uh, my audience can? sign up to help you with uh
1: (laughs) well i if if people want to help i mean we just are sort of our international advocates exposing and opposing coercive population control in china and also the encroachment of chinese style um totalitarianism in the united states so that's why we were co-founders of the stop vaccine passports um and and people can even directly support these women and babies in um, china and uh you know but you go on my website women's rights without frontiers and at the Mm -hmm. upper right hand side it says save a girl and it says save a widow you can click on those to learn more about those campaigns it's the only way for you to directly um get funds into the hands of a mother who's struggling to to keep her daughter or to feed her daughter or of a widow that is struggling just to, to live in in rural china
0: well thank you very much uh we certainly appreciate your time. I know you're as I said at the beginning of this you're very busy because you're involved in a lot of these things trying to help people get and keep their freedom and it's uh It's a pleasure to have had you on. I really appreciate it folks uh you can follow Reggie on twitter. Uh, I've got her Twitter account up on the screen here and uh we look forward to talking to you again next time uh when uh I'm sure there'll be another task force out there because <laughs> <laughs> you're a hard worker and, uh, and it's for all the right reasons, Reggie. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for having me on. It was an honor.
0: Bye-bye. Bye. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was Reggie Littlejohn, the president of Women's Rights Without Frontiers, a human rights activist, and an activist leading the Stop Vaccine Passports Task Force uh, you can find more about that at stopbackspassports.org. Uh, I am a member of that, in all transparency, and we are working very hard to stop that because that does lead to a global digital social credit system that can do things like what happened to the trucker protesters in Canada uh, at the drop of a hat. Uh, we have to stand up and fight against it. There's a lot going on, folks. There's. Don't believe what the politicians are doing. Find your own information. It's out there. The truth is out there. Don't believe the propaganda that's happening. And certainly, we're not going to let these politicians off the hook for this pandemic and these terrible, atrocious attacks on our liberty. Remember them at the polls every single time at the local, state, and federal level. Don't let them let us forget that. We need to be smart voters and not forget because every one of them should be thrown out of office. Until next week, I'm Rob and We'll see you then.